I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which this recording takes place, the Wadandi and Bibbulmun people of Wudichup in the southwest Bujara region in Nungabuja, also known as Margaret River. I acknowledge their continuing connection to the land, waters and community. I pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hey there, welcome back to the Men, Sex and Pleasure podcast. I'm your host, Cam Fraser. This is episode number 92. We're talking all things masculinity, sexuality, male bodies, and men's experiences of pleasure. And today I have the pleasure of chatting with Andrew Eggleton. Andrew is the world's leading authority on authentic presenting. He's the creator and visionary behind the Eggleton Presenting Method, a style of presenting that reinvents the speaker's experience, elevating it beyond the tropes of old school copy and paste to a deeper, more spiritual experience for both presenter and audience. Over 28 years of devotion to his craft of presenting, from sleeping in the boot of his car so he could afford lessons, to perpetually touring the world running sold-out events and retreats, he dared to dream that one day he could not only be world-class, but redefine what world class looks like. Through a career of TV, film, and speaking, working with people like Ryan Gosling, Michael J. Fox, Peter Jackson, and winning multiple TV awards, he devoted most of his career to discovering what just be you actually means when presenting and how to achieve pure authenticity. He transforms speakers, aiding them to discover a balance of the head, which is the technical, and the heart brain, which is the feeling. He takes them into a world where the space between the words is as potent as the words themselves, and when they do speak, their words match the frequency of their greatness, uh, an audience connecting, resonating, feeling the impact of each nuance. And you can find Andrew on his website, which is andrewegleton.com. His last name is E-G-G-E-L-T-O-N or on Instagram at Andrew Eggleton. And this conversation uh, is all about uh, authenticity, essentially. We talk about what authenticity looks like, what it feels like as well, not only when you're presenting and speaking, whether that's on stage or in person or uh, whether it's online as well, but also what authenticity might look like when it comes to masculinity and and being your authentic self and also with regards to sexuality and sexual performance and communicating to your partner how can you be authentic in all of these moments uh, we talk about overcoming anxiety how to get into your body there's some really practical advice uh, within this episode as well i've known andrew for a couple of years and it was really good to reconnect with him so i had a really enjoyable time having a chat and i hope you enjoy listening When a boy is between the ages of 13 and 16, the testes begin to produce sperm cells. The old contraceptive, uh, the condom, it's uh, wrapped in rather a sort of crinkly paper. John, let's be straightforward about this. I'm not here to make a moral judgment, but you and I know that it was contracted through sexual intercourse with an infected person. And we'll dive in, brother. And the way that I dive in is uh, with an invitation. So I'd love to invite you to share just a little bit about who you are, the work that you do, and what you're really passionate about. That's my open invitation, man. So I'd love to give you the floor for a few minutes. All right. I mean, I'm Andrew Eggleton. My obsession, I, would, I, I have to use the word obsessed. I've been obsessed with the idea of authenticity uh, when presenting and speaking for, for, for decades now. And I come from TV and film background and was very successful in that but there was always something missing there was something missing and i knew there was something else but i didn't really have any idea what but my probably the seed of that was if my audience were going to judge me which we do right we, we judge people on tv i wanted them to at least know who i was but what i was discovering was that when we were presenting most of the time we were being asked to be a um a character, a performance, and it's very typical for a director, you know, to want you to smile when the camera goes on. It's normal, right? Uh, I've just had new headshots done and new shots done, and you know, I, I don't know why, but people feel like they have the right to comment on my new photos and go, I don't like these ones. I like the ones where you're smiley, and I'm going, but I don't fucking feel like smiling right now. Do you know what I mean? And and I want my external world to reflect my true inner world. And so that was the same on TV. So I, 
I got stuck on the idea of what does just be you mean? What does just be you mean? The most ambiguous, the worst advice you can ever give anybody, but it's freely given by everybody is, hey, hey dude, Cam, just, just be you, man. You've got this. And you go, right, that's really easy. And then you get on camera or on stage or in any situation ready to go, well, what does that mean? Like what, what part of me, what part of this infinite being that I am, am I meant to be in this captured moment on TV or you know, camera on stage? So I really got into the deep diving of what does authenticity truly mean. And then through authenticity, I, I discovered the use of, of this consciousness called the heart brain. I call it the heart brain, where if I'm going to be dramatic, and that's my job is to make things a bit more dramatic, is it's when the heart brain of consciousness 5,000 times more potent than the brain. But yet most people are trying to communicate, connect using the brain which is the technical, and I'm really exploring this idea of what's it like to connect using the heart brain, using the heart brain, and when I'm working, the heart brain is, uh, allows me a sense of flow, or to find flow, or to become that conduit for infinite wisdom, and when I'm being dramatic, it's like when, when God is working through me. So that's where I'm at. I mean, before this crazy world situation happened, I was flying around the world, and uh, flying around the world and running retreats in Austria and Portugal, Mexico and Bali and and doing America and you know I uh, I was on a beautiful roll and then here I am dressed in a expensive suit sitting in the same office that I've been sitting in now for coming up two years. Wow, man, <laughs> dude, um, what was it that um, I guess like with regards to like showing up on on camera right from your your previous um job what was it that like i suppose sparked your your you know you use the example of smiling you know what was it that sparked your like maybe you know disagreement with having to show up and put on a certain persona or put put on a certain mask or play that role why why didn't that sit super well with you the first thing was was smiling was when i used to when i first started public speaking um again it was expected of you to go out and smile, be on stage and smile. And of course, when I was really freaking nervous, smiling while you're nervous is really hard. And what I would get was this reaction of my, my cheeks would just like um, be like a shivering or a shaking. And I'm trying to smile and I'm just going, I'm such a fraud right now. And what I discovered was when I told my audience, I was like, shit, I'm so nervous that my nerves went away. And so then it was, well, why am I trying to pretend? Like, why am I pretending? That's not me. That's, that's not just be me. That's me pretending I'm something else. And it's the fear that everybody mostly has is, is you know, will I look silly? How will I look? Am I, you know, but I get really nervous on stage. You're like, yeah, but I've been doing this for coming up 29 years and I still get nervous. And if I didn't get nervous, I wouldn't do it. It wouldn't make any sense anymore. And on camera, it was a stage. So what it was setting me up for was, I say, let's say I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing my world tour back in the, the glory days when I'm, I'm able to hop on a plane and, and go into another arena. Um, and I wake up in the morning and for some reason, I just wake up with a really bad attitude or I wake up melancholic or I wake up and just go, holy cow, what happened in my in my dream last night or what the hell happened to me last night? I've turned into a monster. And then it's like, well, I've got the speaking engagement. And so I've got to go out there and pretend that this is not how I'm feeling, which is literally not me. And so I went, well, what is it like if I just go on stage like this? Not to tell my audience I'm, I've got a bad attitude today because I'll still share my wisdom, but I will just share it in a different way. Like it will be influenced, the words that I choose, uh, the sentences, the feel will just be influenced by who I am right now. And what you always find on stage or on camera um, is that moves organically. Within five minutes, I'm in a different space. But what it allowed me was to just understand what just be you really meant so i didn't judge myself or that feeling so essentially it's it's not judging a feeling 
a certain feeling to be wrong or right or good or bad or positive or negative. It just is. And take that with you. And it doesn't mean that I'm an ass on stage. It just means that that's where I'm beginning. And maybe I don't walk out there and I don't smile. And maybe I avoid eye contact with anybody for the first minute and the audience feels awkward, but they get to feel something. You know what I mean? It's, and, and, I'm, and if I'm okay with that, I'm like, my audience can be awkward for the next minute, five minutes, I don't care. But we'll, we'll move together. But through that, they actually start to see me. And they're connecting with me because I'm not, I've got no facade up. So they're like, actually, this guy's real. This is actually Andrew. Now, today, this is just for you. Mm, yeah, I, I appreciate you speaking more into that, man. And it's the reason why I asked that question is because I really resonate with that. Um, and when I he first heard you talking about that, I was like, holy shit, this is what I've been missing with regards to like the presenting or the the type of presenting that i was doing which at the time was teaching yoga and has since evolved into what i do today um and so that really struck a chord and so i wanted to scratch a bit more at the surface of it which is um what that was my agenda for that question um about why it you know why it affected you i mean i i like this idea of like taking off the mask of like removing that facade and showing up as you are because um, it kind of goes against, I mean, you mentioned one piece of conventional wisdom, which was like, just be you, right? Which is oftentimes how I kind of um, see like a lot of dating coaches, like talk about like, just be you and just be authentic and right, yada, yada, yada. But like, that's completely inverse to the kind of other piece of conventional wisdom, which I often hear as well, which is fake it till you make it. And so I'm wondering, um, do you have a thoughts on like this idea of, getting up on stage and pretending that you're confident or like, you know, is there value in maybe doing this fake it to your make it in some degree? Yeah, really good question. Oh, cameras throw me a curveball, but do you know what? My, my word for 2021 has been integrity. I, I discovered that even though I spoke about integrity and authenticity, there were parts of my life that were out of integrity. And when I chose to go ask myself the question, what does full integrity feel like? You know, being authentic and full integrity, then there's actually large parts of my life that fell apart. Because the parts out of integrity, I had to go, I had to let, um, I, I, I wasn't interested anymore. I was going, these aren't working. What is a full life of integrity uh, like? And what I'm discovering is with the people that I'm meeting or the friends that I'm now developing a deeper connection with is, is the connection is now based on not um, I have to be in a good mood to be with them. It's I'm able to answer honestly. I'm able to literally just be me. I'm able to give them. And that level of honesty and integrity is being reflected back to these incredibly beautiful, honest um, conversations. So, uh, so that, that, authenticity or, or um, what I'm, I'm speaking about or what I'm obsessed about flows into every part of, of my life. Now, to answer your question, which I've just bought myself some time with, is, is when you go out on stage, there's, I mean, I think shy people and introverted people are just as um, engaging as the people that are super confident and you know because you, you kind of want those super confident people to kind of fall over sometimes uh, and you really want those shy and introverted people you want them to win it's kind of like this human weird tall poppy thing we have going over the side of the world um, but confidence confidence comes from practice and tools so you can be an incredibly shy an introverted um, person, but uh, I mean, look how many people are incredible singers, or, or I was working with somebody who's an incredible horse rider, but uh, really, really shy. And but when she rides horses, she's in you know winning winning medals and, and and doing her thing, but she's incredibly shy. And I'm like, do you think about the stuff on the horse? And she says, no, it's just I'm in my zone, and it's because she knows what she's doing. So when you go on stage on camera and you have this these you know many deep rooted tools you know lots of tools that are now become automatic and when they're automatic that's called craft right you've got this deep level of craft meaning you're not thinking anymore 
your hands are doing what they're meant to be doing, you're standing where you're meant to be standing, you're projecting your voice, you find the textures and the nuances that you want, but you're not thinking about it anymore. And that is confidence. You know what I mean? And so I can still be shy and I can still be nervous, but these things are happening automatically for me and there's a sense of comfortable in that. Does that, does that make sense? So the fake it till you make it, you will be, I, I just, I honestly think you'll be seen through. Yeah. Yeah, I, I resonate with that, man. And, and I guess like my, um, the reason why I asked that question is because I've noticed like, and this is directly an experience that I've had with a very good friend of mine um, whose name I won't mention, but if he's listening to this, he'll definitely know who he is, um, whose approach to presenting, and, he, and he's a very good presenter um, uh, and, and talks a lot about health um, on stage. The way that he like hypes himself up before going on stage is something that, for example, he learned from Tony Robbins, which is to just get like in a super elevated state. Like he would do a bunch of, I think he does like a bunch of star jumps. He does like a real intense breathing exercise and he just gets himself into this really high energy, kind of high octane state and then goes on to present from that space. And part of me is like, that's amazing because he brings a lot of energy to the audience and people kind of go, whoa, holy shit, who's this whirlwind that's just come on stage and it can be quite entertaining. But part of me is always like, that's not you, man. Like that's, you, you're kind of artificially inflating like your energy. And, I'm, and so it's always felt a little bit misaligned for me. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that particular approach to, to showing up. Yeah, well, I get that all the time because I'm teaching the opposite. I'm like, Tony and myself are like, polarity it's complete polarity. and people are always like yeah but tony robbins says this and i go yeah but tony robbins has also blown his voice out so he's never been taught how to use his voice and i mean that guy's losing his voice um he i i mean he's a, he's a master of his own craft but he's also a mindset person do you know what i mean so his is also all about changing state his he's not teaching authenticity He's not teaching you how to be an effortless, congruent flow from off stage to on stage or off camera to on camera. And what you're missing is your audience being able to be introduced to the multifacets of who you are. And you get this, and and I, you know, my most of my clients are American, so I'm I'm, I'm allowed I'm allowed to give them a bit of stick, but. They're really it's really deep rooted in them to perform. And my first job with them is to strip them back. And it's like, I have to te I have to get you to unlearn everything you've been taught about presenting and speaking and bring you back to the essence of who you are, because that's who I need your audience to see. And when they discover what that feels like, there's a freedom in that, that it's like a spiritual experience on stage. So I often talk, now in 2021, and I, I think I started to really get into this last year, of what does it look like above or beyond the space of the current idea of what world-class speaking looks like? What is the, what, what if I was to redefine what world-class presenting look like and create a new style, a new kind of world-class, what does it look like? And as for those people, for, for example, you've been speaking for same as me, like 20 plus years, and you're, you know, you, 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 they might be making a lot of money, filling out, uh, getting um, amazing attendance, um, but there's just something in them going, there must be more. I'm bored. Technically, I'm great. I know where to stand. I'm, I'm hypnotizing the hell out of these people. I'm manipulating them. I'm making my sales. Uh, they all stand, but I don't even understand. And, you know, um, but what is it beyond that? When it becomes a spiritual experience where you are able to get out of your own way and your and your audience will connect with you just as much in the space between the words as the words themselves because the, the space between the words becomes as potent as the words themselves and you can't do that in a performance because people are just watching you but if you're able to just be you imprisoned and, every, and, and, and you're there with no mask on, they're not just watching you, they're actually sitting comfortably with you in that space. And they're comfortable. And everyone in that audience is actually going on their own separate journey of feeling. Some people might be going through a shopping list, but most people will be 
in this experience of feeling something in the space that you're giving them. And that's most of the time when I do that, that's the part that they take away. Which I don't know if it's kind of a, a, a backhanded compliment. It's like, you know, the best part, Andrew, was when you're not talking. But it's, they feel something. And it can be multiple things. I mean, it can, it can get past, it can be comfortable and then move to uncomfortable, then comfortable again. It could be uh, erotic, it could be seductive, it could be just plain weird. Um, but there's so much happening in such a short amount of time that they've been shifted and they've experienced something in their pocket. And that can only happen when you're not wearing a mask or not performing, or I, I call it indicating. It'd be like you hopping on video when you're a yoga instructor and trying to show me you're a yoga instructor. The, the tip, it would be the typical, um, here's Cam here right now, but then when you go on video, you're like, namaste, and you know you, you speak slower and you're more calm because now I'm a yoga instructor. What do you mean? Breathe in, breathe. And then you get off and you're like, fuck, that was okay. Yeah, yep, yeah, okay. You're off. And then there's Cam. You know what I mean? So one is your persona, and then you have to do that every time you do a video. You're like this one dimensional performance that becomes, well, where's Cam? What makes him different than another yoga instructor? Yeah, dude, I, I actually really like this idea of pushing back against that kind of paradigm of um, like presenting or performing or indicating. I like that term indicating um, because it feels like it consumes more energy than just being authentic. Like because it's quote unquote artificial was the word I used before. Um, like when I have presented like that, when I finished I feel drained as fuck. I'm like, I've just like put on this persona and, and had to be this other person or this version of myself, I suppose, um, which is tough to do as opposed to just kind of being authentic and genuine and showing up however you're wanting to show up and letting that flow and, and move. And that can still be, um, you know, kind of draining. But I f for me personally, I felt like it's not as draining. I don't have such a big crash after... Um, a big workshop or a presentation or something like that, it feels a lot more like I can transition back into not holding space for people easier, I suppose. Does that make sense? Yeah, mate, that makes perfect sense. Um, I, I, I often hear speakers talking about, you know, they're, they're absolutely, you know, I put everything into my keynote and I'm exhausted afterwards. And if you're not exhausted, you know, you're not doing 100%. And I always like push back or comment on those posts and I'm like, now that means you're in your head, dude, and you're performing and your audience have no fucking idea who you are. And, you know, I, I kind of learned perhaps not slap people that hard. But um, when I first started out doing my workshops, for example, there were, there were only six hours, but at the end of it, I would spend a day in bed, exhausted and not being able to talk and just wanting someone to like stroke my head. You know, by, and run their fingers through my hair. I was, I was exhausted. And then I just started to ease and just go pull back. If I get into my head and I can feel my energy getting up in here and um, um, I can feel my energy leaking or, or I would just get pulled back. Yet let my craft do all the work for me. I let the tools do my work for me and stay in my heart brain and, and um, don't try and get out there and move the crowd. Let the crowd be moved. Just let them move. They can do that. And the tools will do that too. Like you can pull people off their seat and push people back into their seat. And, uh, yeah, and that's just the tone of your voice. It's, it's effortless. Um, yeah, and then of course when I decided to do the you know five or six day retreats it was you know the idea of that was i need to learn really fast here to not perform or i'm not gonna i'm gonna be in a very sad state at the end of this retreat totally yeah yeah i've been there man and and i want to circle back to this because i want to tie this into like masculinity and sexuality but before i do that i i just as as we're talking this has just kind of popped up is the kind of schism i suppose between like those big you know, I mean, I mean, almost like guys that have been in the industry for a long time, presenting, public speaking, motivational speakers as well, right? That kind of group of um, people, and the and kind of what you're sharing, which is like the more authentic, almost spiritual experience, and how 
I watch quite a bit of YouTube videos, people that present on YouTube um, and the way that people that are vlogging or just doing like commentary videos or just showing up on YouTube seems to me a lot more authentic and a lot more quote unquote real than someone who gets up on stage like a Tony Robbins-esque type of presenter. Um, and I feel a lot more connected to the person and again, different mediums as well. So that'll play into it and I acknowledge that. Um, but there's just seems like a lot more um, of a connection with someone who presents in an online kind of space. And I know Tony Robbins does shit online as well. So like, but I still don't get that from him. Um, so just, I was wondering if you had noticed anything with regards to like sh- the way people are shifting into showing up in, in online, you know, videos and YouTube in particular and stuff like that. Yeah, there is. There's two parts to that. One is, you know, I, I always think of transformational speakers, you know, when you, learn to drop the facade and and just and understand what actual authenticity means and it's, it, what it means is it's effortless is that you then begin to transform speaking you actually start to give back to speaking instead of you know being this transformational speaker which for me always ends up like an act as well you know because people go i want to go out there and motivate people you know most speakers i work with their intention is like what do you want when you when you what do you want when you're on stage i want i want to motivate people and you go Okay, cool. So are you motivational? Like when people speak to you, do they kind of find you inspiring? Yeah. It's like then do nothing. Like what does that even mean? It's like then you don't have to do anything. If you're an inspiring person, then just go out and do nothing. Share your message. Share your message in the way that you would with me right now and you will inspire them. But it's when you go out and try and inspire that you're indicating or try and motivate that you that Again, you're, you're indicating. And I, I love a lot of this more raw um, YouTube videos and, and what's happening now in the, in, in the vlogging world. Um, there's, a level, there's a level that they're missing, which is the craft, often. The craft, the, how do we use their voice, the nuances, the subtleties, the, um, the silences. Um, yeah, a lot of that's missing, um, which is just training which is just training but i do and i do and i do enjoy it hey there thank you so much for listening to my podcast i hope you're enjoying this episode i just wanted to chime in here with a plug for my online men's course it's called outperform a porn star it goes for six weeks and it's all about experiencing multiple orgasms, overcoming any uh, sexual dysfunctions, reframing your whole performance mindset around sex to be more pleasure oriented. We talk about communicating with your partner, being a sexual leader and all of this amazing stuff. So if you're interested in learning how to outperform a porn star, head to my website, www.cam-fraser.com. Let's get back to this episode. Um, let's uh, well, let's move into uh, what I what I think is a bridge here between your work and my work, which is the like I talk a lot about how men perform. They perform their masculinity, and then they also perform sexually as well. Um, and oh, here's 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 what I was remembering was um, it's kind of like you, you use the word like it's an act. You're kind of putting on an act, and that's for me like the difference between an actor who's like okay, I'm going to specifically and intentionally indicate something like I'm, a, I'm playing a, a, a motivational speaker in a show, right? So I've got to indicate that I am a motivational speaker and I'm going to do the things, right, to, to act as a motivational speaker. Um, and I, I, I see men doing something similar, right, with regards to what it means to quote unquote be a man or act like a man. Guys are like indicating, posturing, right, performing their, their manhood, their masculinity by doing things, right, Um I've spoken about this a lot, but there's like stereotypical things that, you know, and when I do a workshop and I ask men, you know, what does a stereotypical man look like? You can be as like straightforward and as stereotypical as possible. It's like, you know, he's, uh, he's tall, he's straight, he's handsome. He's, uh, what, you know, ask what profession does he have? Well, he's a doctor, he's a lawyer, right? He makes a lot of money, he's successful. He's got a, you know, either he's a bachelor or he's a, he's got a wife and a, a family and things like that. And so, all these things that kind of get wrapped up in what it means to quote unquote be a man. A lot of guys do their best to indicate that, right? To perform that. Um, 
And so I, I and so why I think I, you know, and I've, I've kind of grappled with that myself for quite a while. And I think why I really resonated with your approach to presenting is because I saw it in my own life. I was like, fuck, I'm not being authentic as a man, as a human being, let alone, you know, as a yoga teacher or as a, as a presenter of my work. And so um, I was wondering, what are some strategies that you use with your clients to be like, be more authentic. And, and I'm wondering, you know, if we go through those, if they are applicable to like just men in general and taking off that mask and, and being a bit more authentic in their lives. Yeah, I, I love it. There's, it's, it's really interesting. I'm just going to add this part that, you know, the last year and, you know, since March last year has been incredibly challenging, not for just me, but for every, mo- most people. I think, and, and I'll, but I'm, I'm going to speak about myself individually here. Is the challenge has really cracked open my heart. It's, it's torn down all the masks, and it's and it's and it's pulled me into a place of what does pure integrity feel like? If there's such a thing, and how can I speak with absolute integrity of what do I really want? What am I really thinking? And will people accept it when I'm super honest? But I'm able to hold a space of you're getting there's no murkiness here. I'm being able I'm able to speak directly to you. And what I'm discovering is um, I'm feeling more in masculine than I ever have before. In the fact that I'm able to speak my mind with a softness and a directness, um, and I'm feeling very open in my heart than more, more than more before. Even though that's kind of what I was teaching. It's now in a in a very very different way, and I'm and I'm getting a building relationships with both men and women that I've never had before, right? And it's coming from a level of authenticity. If you want to speak about authenticity, that I've shown in many parts of my life, but not other parts. So what I've been able to do with with this authenticity is, again, if I'm going to go meet a friend. I don't need to show up as good time Andrew or, or masculine Andrew. I can turn up to that person and look them in the eye and have a real conversation going, do you know what? I'm having, I'm having a really shit week. I'm missing my son this week or all this is happening this week. And that is really felt with that other person. And they're able to either support or lighten me up or, or, or whatever. So the idea of authenticity is moving out into the rest of my world, not just into my work of I'm able to show up in all aspects of my life as as me, which means I don't have to hide myself anymore. And that's really and that's really hard. And what I'm discovering is I've always had great relationships with women and a bit more harder with um, harder to get to know men. But what I'm finding now is I'm actually finding it easier to get to know men than women now because of this aspect of I'm really approaching it. I'm, I'm soft. I'm, I'm there. Like I'm not, there's, this is, this is who I am, you know, and, and I'm not going to try and be something more than I am than what I am not right now. You know what I mean? So the other person knows exactly where they stand and they also see a softness of being able to support or, or hold or to um, inspire or whatever it is, whatever's natural to them instead of trying to work out who, the, who is this who is this guy he's got this facade but i can't quite quite work him out now you can work me out hmm. does that answer your question i think so man i think so but there's like um there's there's fear for for a lot of guys and there was been there's been fear for me there's been anxiety for me with regards to showing up like that with another person right because there's vulnerability in that right there's there's kind of like a, a you you're showing a deeper part of yourself right there's that that mask that facade is like an armor right at least the way that i kind of have envisioned it and it protects you from getting hurt people don't know that you're going through a shit you know part of your life or they don't know that you're having challenges and issues and so you know you get to not have to deal with people's you know uh asking you questions about things or, or taking an interest, right? It, it, it's, it's a way of not acknowledging that part of yourself so that you don't have to feel it, right? Um, uh, because feeling things is fucking 
you know, can be tough, can be a lot, can be overwhelming, can be scary. Uh, and so like opening yourself up like that to to speak to people in that more authentic and genuine way has like for me it personally and for a lot of guys that I've worked with has brought up a lot of anxiety. And so I'm wondering for, for maybe you personally, what have you done to overcome that anxiety? The anxiety, the anxiety is normally for me. Let's let's say I'm I'm off I'm off to come and uh, I'm off to go meet a friend. Um, the anxiety is me not just being present with how I'm I'm feeling. So I mean, if, if I look at my methodology and the, you know step one of methodology is uh, no change of state. So I'm allowing myself to be how I'm really feeling. Instead of walking in the door and you know you've got this high energy and like everything's okay and then but your you, my anxiousness is is there's two there's two people in this room well three there's there's me there's the real me that's trying to hide and then there's the mask and you know the mask is really tiring you know it's exhausting unless you have a few drinks and then you relax and kind of forget about it but um, then it's back the next day twofold. <laughs> Um, so I, I don't change state and meaning that it's like I don't chew, I, I, I describe how I'm feeling, I name it, I describe I'm feeling melancholic, I'm feeling down or I'm really excitable um, and then I describe how that's making me feel and then I go, I don't judge it to be good or bad or wrong or right or positive or negative, it's neither of them, you know, it's, it's neither, then I'm able to just, then the second part is again they're being comfortable in the space between the words so sometimes you don't need to speak it's like it's sometimes the other person just is able to hold that space and you you're just like able to sit in what you're feeling and then to talk it through you know and give yourself time to articulate this is what is happening for me today this is how i'm feeling um and I, I don't know, I just find that, and this I'm sure this is happening for so many people, but my relationships with even my old friends are changing because we're no longer getting on Zoom or on the phone and trying to pretend, you know, hey, hey let's catch up and laugh and, you know, joke. And it's like, uh, it's like, dude, uh, if I'm speaking to a friend in Sydney, we get straight down to it. How are you feeling? Dude, I'm cracking, um, you know, and, and my relationship with those people will be changed forever. You know, there's a sense of vulnerability, a sense of love that's been created that is so much more than he's this good time guy, that's the good time girl, or this is the, the a person I go for this. It's now everyone's becoming this um, well-rounded, more, more vulnerable and open, and you're able to actually say, what's truly on your mind and the other person to not judge it do you know what i mean and and i really like this the, the being when you say stuff with authenticity and integrity it's very hard for the other person to be judgy and judge you do you know what i mean and, and if they do you might want to rethink who you're hanging out with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 100 percent agree with that man if i reflect it like my own just life the friend group that i had say five even seven years ago um was all predicated upon me showing up how i thought i was supposed to show up as a young man i was boozing a lot i was pretending that i was this ladies man you know i was i was having a lot of sex but it was shit sex but i was saying that was really good because that's what you know i was supposed to do um yeah, it was just, I was just putting on a mask. I was just wearing this facade of like a young Australian drinking kind of guy. Um, and so my, that, and so that was the friend group that I, that I attracted, right? It was people that resonated with that person. Um, but as soon as I started shifting the way that I showed up, I suppose, right? And I started being a bit more authentic and genuine and started talking about things a bit more openly. That friend group was not supportive at all. They were like real judgy, real, um, they wanted to tear me down, right? They were like, they would bully me and it would just be like, just like I said, not supportive at all. Um, and so I was like, okay, these aren't the people that I need in my life anymore. And so I, I lost a lot of friends, right? Intentionally lost friends um, because I didn't want to be surrounded by those types of people. And now being more authentic and showing up in the way that I try and show up, I've got an amazing supportive 
network of people here in this community that I'm in um, that have really uh, come through in the last like four months as well as I've become a new dad and as we've become parents, me and my partner. So it's been like, and I think a lot of men are afraid of that, are afraid of like, okay, if I show up more genuinely, more authentically, if I have these conversations, my mates are going to tease me and they're going to ostracize me and I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get bullied. And, um, and that's not fun, right? Uh, yeah, it's, that's tough. Yeah. I want to ask you a more personal question, but this, this is down your line anyway. When have you discovered, and I'll, I'll say this, I've discovered that through this level of integrity and authenticity um, and more feeling that sex has changed as well from act or performance, a mixture, to now really about connection to really really about connection mm, yeah for me it has yeah personally um and that's that's kind of what i teach as well like my experience of of sex 10 years ago when i was in university in america was i mean firstly it was very alcohol oriented like i probably for a f- period of four or five years didn't have sex once sober every time i had sex it was under the influence um from the period of like you know 16 to 21 or so um and and so, like, there was, you know, it's quite hard to connect with someone when you're intoxicated. Um, you know, you can have a deep and meaningful conversation with them, which you won't remember in the morning. And that's some sort of connection, I suppose. But it's, um, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not conducive. Alcohol is not conducive for that deeper connection um, and intimacy. So, uh, so, you know, by stopping drinking and, and that was part of my, my transformation in terms of like showing up a bit more, more authentically the sex that I was having was just inherently more intimate because I was actually there, not in an altered state, right? Or, a, you know, I still think pleasure and arousal and orgasm is an altered state, but it's a different type of altered state. Um, and and so, like, I was I was more present. Like, that's the word that I often use in, in the work that I have is, is presence. And presence for me, in a very practical way of defining it, is like noticing what it is that you're feeling. It's actually very similar to what you were sharing before um, in terms of your methodology is like, being present with your emotions and not only emotions, but also physical feelings, right? That come up from those emotions. Cause you know, it's all well and good to say that you feel angry, right? It's often something that's very common for men. It's like, yeah, I feel really angry. It's like, okay, where do you feel that anger in your body? Can you describe that anger to me? And, um, you know, they'll say, oh, this, there's this energy that I'm feeling in my chest. And it's like, okay, okay, that's great. And I often say to guys, I don't want to hear the word energy. I'm fucking sick of people using the term energy to describe something because what the fuck does that even mean? Um, so I say, get clearer on descriptive words to, dis- like to, to, to explain this to me. What do you actually feel? Uh, and so they'll say, oh, I feel this tension in or you know, this constriction in the center of my chest and it kind of feels really warm and I'm like, all right, describe it, keep using these descriptive words and like get really clear on what it is that you're feeling and and you know, so that I so I have an understanding of it, but also so they have a better understanding of it as well. Um and so being present is like, okay, what are you noticing? Boom, right now, right here, in terms of emotion and physical sensation that's connected to that emotion. And like that's just that's the most basic definition of presence that I can give. Um, um, and that's exactly how I feel on stage. Yeah, right. Well, I know how what's happening in my chest, how my f- feet feel. When I'm able to be aware of it, my body will move due to it. It'll be influenced by it. But if I'm like, trying to ignore those things and I'm just in my head, I'm, I'm stiff. You know, I'm, 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 I'm becoming technical. Where do I stand? Are my feet shoulder-width apart? But if I come back to how am I feeling? And I'm a little bit agitated, I'm feeling agitated in here, then my voice will be influenced by that. And that's what my audience will, will, will get. I will share my wisdom. I don't need to tell them I'm agitated, but, but it will influence what I'm saying and how I'm saying it. And, you know, yeah, I, I, I love that camera. I see how those move and uh, cross over really really well yeah and it, it, because my that's like the first principle that i have the cornerstone of like sexuality work is is presence and something else that you shared which was like fuck that's pretty similar to what i do as well is acceptance right that's the second principle that i share with the men that i work with is like firstly noticing all those feelings being present with them but then accepting them 
right? Not judging them, not shaming yourself for having feelings, right? You're a human being. You're, just because you're a man doesn't mean you're not allowed to have feelings, right? Um, and so having that acceptance of like, okay, cool, this is here. It's in my body. I'm feeling it. You know, I don't have to do anything about it. I don't have to, don't have to pretend that it's not there. I don't have to try and get rid of it. Um, and I don't have to feel you know, shame for having that. Like I'm, I'm allowed to have these feelings. Um, and so that acceptance piece is, is really married to that presence piece. Cause, um, a lot of guys, when they start doing sexuality work in particular, start noticing, holy shit, there's a lot of these unprocessed emotions. There's a lot of things that are bubbling up when we start, you know, I, I talk about like unlocking your lower back and pelvis and groin and all these areas of your body that we hold tension and tightness in when we start relaxing those things and start experiencing more pleasurable sensations there, you know, you're not only opening yourself up to experiencing more pleasure, you're opening yourself up to experience the whole spectrum of sensations and emotions and everything else that's, you know, the human experience can, can, um, can have. And so all these things start popping up for them. They go, holy shit, I'm really, there's a lot of grief here for some reason. There's a lot of anger here for some reason. It's like, what is something wrong with me? It's like, no, nothing's fucking wrong with you, man. Just allow yourself to experience that. Allow yourself, like, just accept it. Um, that's the that's that kind of second piece, which sounds very similar to what you were saying with regards to like just not judging yourself for being a certain way or for feeling a certain way when you're communicating with your your audience or when you're communicating with a with a friend. You're right, and the more I become present, uh, and and what you're discussing there is the more. I'm finding actually the more emotional I become. You know, the more range I have of emotion and the more that, and none of them feel, I mean, I, I still get into that point of, I wish I wasn't sad today, or I wish I wasn't feeling this, or, but when I'm feeling really emotional and I'm talking, you know, I might be talking to a friend and I'm, I'm teary, that feels just as beautiful to me as having a really good laugh or, or sex or, you know, that to me is like still a, a really beautiful thing to feel because I'm really open. Uh, I, I, it's only when my I'm feeling closed up that it feels toxic. And, and, and then my work suffers and I suffer and my relationships suffer. When all that's open and I'm able to articulate it and express it and not that I'm walking about being, being dramatic all the time, but you know what I mean? It's It's... I'm, I actually feel more steady then as well because I, I, I'm, uh, there's a softness, but it's also uh, in, in the last. I don't know if this sounds egotistical or not, but I'm going to say it anyway because is I feel like in the last this year. I'm starting to step up into the role of which I, I think could be described as king. And in the past, it's been a mixture, you know, other those little bits, the, you know, I think people call it the jester or the, or the you know, the warrior or as a playboy, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I'm starting to feel very solid in who I am, very grounded, very solid, even when those emotions throw me around, I'm still very solid. I'm, start, I'm starting to hold it and, and, and noticing, oh, I'm, I'm really transforming this year like this is really trans I'm, I'm 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 actually i'm really turning you know when you get to that point you go i really fucking like who i am that's a good place to be mm. yeah and it, i guess there's a sense of like for me at least anyway has been like i don't give a fuck what someone else thinks like i just don't really have time to care anymore but i used to care so much like that was a, you know, part of the performance Right. If like if you're an actor, you want people to to appreciate the act that you're doing. Right. You want people to, to like the performance. Right. That's the whole idea of putting the performance on is that it has a positive reception. But when you're being yourself, it doesn't really fucking matter. Right. Like and that's what I've kind of learned is um, as I've shown up in a more genuine way in my life, I've just given less fucks about what people think about me. Um and it's like, it's felt a lot more solid. It's felt a lot more stable and it's felt a lot more like, you know, and something you, you mentioned, which I think is in, you know, important to bring in here is like, you, you mentioned both time, like you gave two examples of like sharing, maybe presenting how you're feeling, like 
feeling, you know, um, woke up in a pretty shitty mood this morning. Um, you know, and I'm just kind of owning that and I'm just, you know, taking responsibility for it. And I'm, I'm, I'm showing up here and, uh, and, and voicing it, giving voice to it. But then other times, you know, you don't have to say that. You, you can just kind of let that be, let that kind of, you know, influence and, and impact the way that you're showing up. And it'll shift and change as it always does, right? We're not stuck in in one particular thing. Um, and I think that's really important. It's like you you can discern when to when to share and when not to share, when to just kind of let it be there and let it move through your body or when to just really own it and go, you know what? I'm pretty fucking scared right now or I'm feeling really excitable and i kind of have this you know nervous energy i want to just kind of shake it out or whatever it might be and and like i've implemented that for me personally in sex as well like if i'm like if i'm feeling really um like on edge sexually and i'm like really frustrated i'm like i think i'm gonna come pretty quick like i'll just tell my partner that i'll be like look i'm feeling like really high in terms of sexual energy right now i'm feeling like my capacity i just need to do something right to kind of get this out of me and so we can slow down but a lot of guys don't say stuff like that when they're being sexual they don't own how they feel when they're being sexual um because it's not manly or it's not masculine or whatever it might be um whatever narrative or story they're running um and so they're always in their head of like oh what can i do what can i what how do i change this what do i do to last longer all that sort of stuff yeah there's there's a lot of it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? I mean, because uh, there's a lot of pressure on men to be that persona of the of, of the masculine, the erection, the the performance, and the, the the dominance. But it's so nice when we can explore how we're feeling. Do you know what I mean? And and sometimes it can be that. But sometimes it's like I'm feeling like this, and I want to be able to express that. But your partner to be able to express it to your partner and going, this is how I'm feeling, or this is the, you know, in, in this mood, this is my fantasy, or in this mood, um, I'd like it if we, I, I, can we try this or, do you know what I mean? And, and most, mostly, I think women really appreciate that communication and honesty. Do you know what I mean? Instead of having to figure out this, you know, what is, what is he really, how is he really feeling or, um, yeah. I think like one of the reasons why there's a lot of difficulty for men in that regard to like acknowledge they have emotions and acknowledge that they maybe, uh, you know, aren't always dominant, right? And aren't always, um, you know, wanting to have, you know, to, to have to be a, a certain way in the bedroom is precisely because it kind of strips away this narrative of like men have to be, they have to have an erection, they have to have penetration, they have to show up in a certain way sexually, and that's what it means to be a man, right? Acknowledging that you have emotions that you might want to experience sex in different ways runs counter to that, right? It's like, it just fully subverts this idea of like, here's what it means to be a man sexually, and this is the only way, and if you don't, then something's wrong with you. By acknowledging that you have emotions, and this is why I think some of, some of the men that I work with have a lot of difficulty doing this work is because they go holy shit now that i'm recognizing that i feel a little bit softer and a little more tender i want to have sex in a different way and that's that goes counter to what i thought it meant to be a man a sexual man um, or a man in the bedroom um, and so i think that's why there's a lot of um i just think that's why there's a lot of difficulty meant for, for, for people like you know f- for men in particular i suppose to acknowledge emotions is because once you start doing that you start realizing that the way that you show up with people is different and the way that you have sex is different, you know, and, and can be diverse and can have a variety of different experiences. And I think that's scary to men. Yeah, it is. And I think it is scary to men. And, and when you go through that, you're changing, which means, you know, the people around you, especially your, your you know, your sexual partner, um, this, it's hard. It's sometimes it's, it's challenging to reveal this change to them as well. Like you can go to the, and do work with you, but you've got to take that back and be able to communicate that with uh, your, 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 your partner. And that's vulnerable in itself. You go and look, I'm changing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking of all the changes I've gone through my, in my life and, and, and those, those periods of when you're going through a transformation or a growth spurt, 
sometimes it can be a change, like lots of changes in, in your life um, by police, with people that are close to you. Mm. And that impacts people, right? It impacts those people, right? If you're showing up in a different way, they're going to respond to that and react to it in a different way. And something you, you said before, which I thought was really um, insightful, was like just by using your voice, you can push people back into a chair or you can bring them to the edge of their chair and you can get people up and out and and like you can influence, right? And you can lead an audience when you're presenting, right? By by the gestures you're using, by the way you hold yourself, by the words you're using, by the tone of voice, all this other stuff that you can do, I suppose, um, can lead an audience. And I, I talk about sexual leadership, right? And, and what it means to lead your partner sexually. And um, the the way that I frame this is, is it's not leading from a place of hierarchical kind of domination saying, do this, do that, get out of your chair now, go and sit up, which, you know, you can do, I suppose, but it's leading from a place of um, like, it's kind of like this leading by example. It's more of like this horizontal lateral leadership of like, hey, here's me showing up as is like, this is what, you know, this is what vulnerability looks like for me. This is what authenticity looks like to me. And it kind of invites your partner to do the same thing. You kind of like saying, uh, it's like going for a swim, like you jumped in the water. Hey, the water's fine. You know, come and join me and, um, and kind of extending your hand out and inviting them to come in and, and join you. Uh, and I was wondering with regards to like leading an audience, what is your take on that? What's your approach to kind of getting an audience to, to kind of invest in, in you? Yeah, I, what's my approach? My, my first, my, my priority is to connect with them. And quite often that connection is worth doing less than more. So I want to, I want to be present out there and my and present is owning how I'm feeling. So we've talked about that. Um, you know, how am I feeling? Don't judge it, be wrong or right, good or bad, positive or negative, but to embrace how I'm feeling right now, because it'll change. And when I'm feeling the connection to keep moving with my audience, like to really, to, to really move with them, to, mo to, to really move with them. And then um, to bring them on side and connect this, and this is when I'm starting to, uh, a little bit I'm starting to lead. So I'm leading with my voice. I'm leading with the pace of my voice. I'm leading with the silences and the pauses. I'm leading with um, how fast and I, I come back with it and, and push them back into the seat. So I'm leading with my leaving them on the end of a sentence, knowing there's more to say, but holding them and bringing them, you know, and, and just even like leaning in. So they start leaning in with me. And then, then there's this sense of trust too, because then they start to, they don't know why, but they're following. And they're kind of doing it's like they're almost in a way of of, of slightly they're, they're playing in the theater of it they're like oh this guy knows what he's doing and this is it's a really nice feeling i just need to sit here and he's and he's moving me around in my mind and my heart and, and in my chair um and I, I guess that's what we were just talking about with with intimacy as well it's like oh this person knows what they're doing but in so much of knowing what i'm doing on stage I'm actually not really doing anything and I'm not controlling. I'm actually just going with being really open with, with, with what's happening and just using, I guess it's something to see a craft, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, the buttons and you know, the, the things to do. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just being a craftsperson, but I'm really what it is. I've really let go. You know what I mean? I don't have to get them to this point. If, if it feels like we're going to go over here and that's how, and that's where organically all the energy is going there, it's like, oh, this is not what I imagined or what I expected, but let's go and explore. And to be, and to explore over there, I have to be really vulnerable because I don't know what's going to happen. Let's go explore over here. Let's I love that, man. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. something that, oh, I'm going to step on people's toes saying this, I just know it, but something that I, I really dislike is uh, a person who's just doing a workshop or doing a presentation and then like goes, okay, we've been talking for 20 minutes. Let's all get up and jump around and stretch and move. And fuck. I'm like, what are you doing? Like that fully just for me, at least I'm like, 
uh, ugh, just uh, I don't know. I can't describe how it makes me feel. I just don't like it. Um, and it feels just very out of flow. It feels like very I don't know, di- like like they're just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like oh yeah, let's just get up and move the move our energy around. And like I get I get it. I get why they're doing it. It just has never sit well with me. And I was wondering if I could just pick your brain on that for a couple minutes. You know, I love I love that. I'm the same. I, I, I don't like getting up and down. I, I don't like dancing in front of everybody in a, in a workshop and it, it makes me feel awkward. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm there to learn. And what, and what I think too is when you're relying on those points, then you're not really doing a job of being engaging. And, you know, what it really is for me, if I was really honest, which I can be because this is my job, um, you're lacking craft to be able to engage and hold people's attention and they're fucking bored and you can see it and you're like, right, let's get up and dance or play musical chairs uh, because you are, you're not able to hold their attention because either your content is lacking in depth or, or um, originality uh, or you just don't know how to... You know, when, when someone's on stage and there's just something, there's like a magnetism, and that magnetism comes from them understanding who they are. It's like how they're so charismatic. It's like, yeah, because you're seeing me exactly how I'd be if I rolled out of bed or if I had a coffee with you or if I was just playing. Is that, and, of course, when you're on stage too, you're going, I'm on my, I'm on my play zone here. Like this is, I, I choose to be a speaker. Like this is my zone of genius. I love doing this. I'm sharing my wisdom, my obsession. Um, I'm speeding the process up from A to B for the people that have come here to, to see me. I'm in my zone today. Um, and nine times out of 10, that will already make me charismatic. You know, that, that they'll, they'll feel that. And I just don't need to get people up to do twirls and jumping jacks to get their energy up because I'm doing that to them without them knowing. They're doing junk, jumping jacks in their hearts or they're doing jumping, you know, they're, they're doing that stuff in, internally. Mm. Do, is there something that you do if you notice like something in your audience, like if you notice things change, if there's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you've said something and it kind of didn't land super well with the audience, like, oh, okay, there's like maybe some friction or some tension there or they, they are getting bored or you notice there's like a, a lack of, you know, or there's a drop in energy and like, oh, that, that was, you know, I know you said that, you know, maybe there's an unexpectedness and you follow that, but is there things that you that you know, you know, oh, if I, I, can, I can move with this, I can kind of turn this and, and bring it into something else. Is there anything that you do when you notice things in your audience? Yeah, that's that, that's that level of, 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 of honesty, being able just to call it in, in that space and going, oh, we're all fucking bored. You know what I mean? I've traveled 10,000 miles and, you know, uh, you know 10,000 kilometers to be here. It's being able, for me, I'd play with that. Or if quite often in a workshop or, or um, an event, someone will bring some shit into the room and you can feel it. And, and I won't start until that's all gone. And I'll just talk about it. I'll be like, there's some bad juju in here right now. I don't know what's happened to somebody in here. I'm not going to do any pointing, but is it you? Um, and I'll, I'll just play with it because I can't start until that person becomes present and leaves, and leaves their stuff at the door. Um, and sometimes I'll, I'll do a guided, I'll, I'll do some kind of a meditation, like a forward pacing, you know, a future pacing, or, um, you know, I create a lot of my own music. I'm actually just at the moment learning how to speak with a cellist. So the cellist is able to um, enhance my, my message beyond where my imagination and vocabulary can, can take it. And I'm passing that experience, so learning how to pass that experience on to my clients. Right, so they can learn what it's like to really transform their message. Um, here, Cam, I don't know where I was going with that. I was in my head about just um, No, it's all good, brother. I'm, I'm just mindful of time, and I'm wondering um, to close our conversation down. Uh, is there any like, is there a nugget of wisdom or a you know kind of pearl of knowledge that you feel is? Um, relevant based on the conversation we've had that you'd like to leave listeners with? Mm. 
the key, the, the key is for your external expression or how you articulate yourself uh, energetically and um, with your vocabulary, the key is for it to represent your true inner world. You know, and, and that's when people can't mistreat you um, and they get to see you. And it's actually the easiest thing to experience in the world. It's effortless once, and what? Because once you've experienced that, you you really can't go back. You know. So when your external world is a fair reflection of your internal world, which means you kind of have to have your internal world in in good order as well. Hmm. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Thanks for sharing, dude. And thanks so much for spending time sitting down and and talking with me, man. I know you're. Uh, busy dude so i appreciate you you know setting aside the the hour to be open and honest about your work and and also about your life as well you know there was some vulnerable shares in there as well i want to acknowledge that and just you know share my appreciation for you yeah really nice to touch base with you and uh and and be on here nice to nice to connect i'm glad i i followed as i said it was a friend of mine in in new zealand it was like you got to listen to this cam guy and i i, I know cam <laughs> yeah yeah but that would have been like must have been like five years ago now man that was a long time ago yeah yeah maybe the last i think the last two years is just it's like a blur i know it's been wild all right man hey there thank you so much for listening to this episode of the men sex and pleasure podcast if you find value from this content then i encourage you to consider becoming a patron on my patreon account you can find the link for that in the description below. You'll have access to a whole bunch of perks, including behind-the-scenes podcast footage, as well as pre-release YouTube videos and patron-only writing, as well as the opportunity to have your name either shown in a YouTube video or read out in a thank you during the podcast. So, like I said, if you enjoy this content and you'd like to support it and support me, then head to the link in the show notes below and consider becoming a patron. Thank you.